Welcome to episode 19, where I share some classic one-liners from my Nana. We look into the science of giving and how it benefits us. And at the end, we sip on a little coquito, Puerto Rican eggnog. Stay tuned. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. My entire childhood was decorated with a tapestry of unsolicited one-liners from my Nana. Have I mentioned my Nana before? The woman who grew up in the Depression, kicked polio's ass when she was a kid, and ever since then has found difficulty being impressed with anyone she has ever met. My entire childhood, when someone was too slow, she would, well, well, why don't you shit or get off the pot? When I wanted something, she would look at me and say, well, you can wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which fills up faster. If she came across someone she thought wasn't the sharpest pencil, she would say, oh, that one, he's softer than a sneaker full of shit. And when she would catch me eating slice after slice of American cheese from the deli straight from the refrigerator, she would say, you keep eating cheese like that, you'll be bound up tighter than a drum. You won't shit for a week. Seems most of her sayings had the word shit in them. Maybe that's why it's one of my favorite words. I don't know. Yeah, my Nana. Still alive, by the way, at the ripe old age of 96. She had a one-liner for almost everything. Most of them were an insult or a negative directive, but during the holidays, she would say over and over again that it was far better to give than to receive. And then she would bitch if she happened to give someone a gift and they didn't give her one in return, so go figure. During the holidays, a lot of people use that line, that it's better to give than to receive. But is it true? And if so, why? What does the act of giving do for us? I delved into this subject like any other subject I bring to you. I started with research. Sure, philosophers will tell you freely that it's better to give than to receive, but what about scientists? What does the data say? Is there data to back up the idea that it is indeed better to be a giver than a getter? Well, of course the data backs it up, or this would be a pretty shitty podcast episode. I'd be like, well, I scoured the internet and the data, and guess what? The positive effects of giving are... Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Go on being a complete self-centered asshat. Thank you and good night. So let's first start by defining what giving is. What I didn't realize until I started this research for the podcast was how many definitions there are for giving. Think about it. When used as an adjective, giving can mean caring or nurturing or yielding or bending as in giving into something. As a noun, it would be the act of offering money in exchange for goods or services. As a verb, it would mean to bring before the public, as in giving a performance, or to make known, as in giving your opinion, which my Nana always did. For the purpose of my research in this podcast, we will use this definition. A gift is the transfer of something without the expectation of receiving something in return. There have been a number of studies on the biological effects of giving. Decades of research, actually. In a 2006 study, Jorge Moll and colleagues at the National Institutes of Health found that when people give to charities, 
It activates regions of the brain associated with pleasure, social connection, and trust, creating a warm glow effect. This warm glow effect happens because giving has been linked to the release of oxytocin, a hormone which, by the way, is also released during sex. This hormone induces feelings of warmth, euphoria, and connection to others. That should be the tagline for every charity. Give to us to experience the warm afterglow of sex feeling. A wide range of research has linked different forms of generosity to better health, even among the sick and elderly. One particular study in 2006 by Rachel Paferi of Johns Hopkins University and Kathleen Lawler of the University of Texas showed that people who provided social support to others had lower blood pressure than participants who didn't. This suggests a direct physiological benefit to those who have a practice of giving of themselves. And take note, this is just the benefit of giving social support. This doesn't cost you anything except your time. There are a lot of people who might say, I'd love to be more charitable. I'd love to give more, but I don't have the money or the means. You don't need money. You just need to be a social support for someone to reap the benefits of giving. That sounds like a win-win if you ask me. Going even further back, a 1988 study for Psychology Today looked at the physical effects of giving experienced by more than 1,700 women who volunteered regularly. Again, this is just volunteering. This is not giving money. The study has demonstrated that a full 50% of helpers reported feeling high when they helped others, while 43% felt stronger and more energetic. Giving, it's like getting high and drinking a Red Bull at the same time. So yes, decades of studies have determined that there are biological and physiological benefits to being a giver. What's cool is that when you are feeling that warm after-sex glow, that oxytocin high that giving will give you, that high can last up to two hours. And during that time, you can potentially ignite a virtuous cycle in someone else. Your generosity can trigger the generosity within someone else. Don't act surprised. You've seen this before in its drive-through incarnation. When someone offers to pay for the coffee of the person behind them, and then that inspires the person behind them to do the same. And it goes on and on until some douchebag is like, free coffee, thanks so much, smell you later. At a Starbucks in Pennsylvania, this actually happened with 160 consecutive cars. The concept of pay it forward is simple. Do a good deed for someone else and they will feel inspired to do a good deed for another person and so forth and so on. In my keynotes, I always ask the audience to redefine their idea of networking, to look at networking as a proactive approach to meeting people with the hope of helping others. I've always said this because I believe that givers get, and I don't believe in keeping score in relationships. As you might imagine, there is research to back this up too. In the book, Give and Take, written by Adam Grant, he argues that giving to others is indeed the strategy to win in business as well as in life. Social scientists who study how people interact in work settings have determined that there are three types of interaction styles. There are takers, there are matchers, and then there are givers. Takers want their interaction to result in a net gain for themselves. Matchers feel that they will give as long as they get something in return. It's quid pro quo, which literally translates into this for that. But givers, givers want others to benefit whether or not they benefit themselves. 
They act generously towards others without expectation of reward. Now, according to Grant, it is the givers who reap the most significant rewards in business. This is because they have superior networking, collaborating, evaluating, and influencing skills. All of those skills are important for success. Networking, of course, that's what this entire podcast is about. So of course, you know how important it is to succeed. Collaborating, because no one ever succeeds alone. We get there together. Evaluating, think about this. This skill is what prevents givers from being taken advantage of. Givers screen people for sincerity so they can identify people who are takers and be more careful about giving to them. No one can walk all over you like a rug unless you throw yourself onto the floor. Giving is not about being a doormat, plain and simple. And then influencing skills. When people know that you are a giver, when you give freely without ulterior motives or expectations, people listen to what you have to say and believe your words at value. So all these years of study show that cooperation and being generous to others not only makes us feel good, we are actually healthier when we give of our time. We have the ability to inspire generosity in others, and it is the surest road to success. And that is why you listen to this podcast, that and cocktail recipes. For this week's cocktail, we're going to the little island of Puerto Rico, making coquito, which means little coconut in Spanish. This traditional Christmas drink, coquito, was originally found in Puerto Rico and is sometimes referred to as Puerto Rican eggnog. However, Drinks similar to Coquito can be found all throughout the Caribbean. This recipe has five main ingredients. Coconut milk, coconut cream, sweetened condensed milk, evaporated milk, and Puerto Rican rum. But it's not limited to just these. I'm utilizing a recipe that I found online that includes those ingredients, as well as cinnamon sticks, nutmeg, vanilla, and shredded coconut for the rum, as well as raisins soaked in rum. I got the recipe from the Novice Chef blog, and the recipe was given to her by a friend whose family had passed the recipe down through their generations, so it's got to be good. Here's what you do. In a large pitcher with a lid, or two large jars with lids, that's how I did it, um, add raisins and dark rum and cinnamon sticks, and let that sit for an hour. Now, we don't have raisins in our house because they can be deadly to dogs, so I used dried cranberries instead of raisins, so I let that sit for an hour. In a blender, I pureed all the other ingredients, and then I poured that into the two bottles. I shook it well to combine the rum and the raisins with the coconut mixture, and then I chilled it for four hours in the refrigerator. And then, you can bet your ass I enjoyed it. You can store it for up to a month in the fridge, and if you do, you have way more self-control than I ever will because I'm going to polish this shit off over the weekend, (laughs) no doubt. So there you have it. It's better to give than to receive for a multitude of reasons, and it doesn't have to cost you anything. There is a proverb that states, if you have much, give of your wealth, and if you have little, give of your heart. I think the research shows that both are equally important. As always, thank you for being here. I appreciate you taking your time out of the day to be with me. If you like this podcast, you know what to do. Please give it a rating and share it with your friends. Thanks so much. Cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works. This Shit Works.